Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Terrace Talk. I'm kind of south while you're watching this on whichever pink and channel this happens to find you on. And I don't think this is a game I'm particularly going to have to sell too much. Norwich City, of course, hosting Brentford. First feet second in the championship this midweek, Wednesday evening at 5.30 kickoff at Carrow Road, which uh, seems quite early for a midweek kickoff. But there you go. The, the TV companies have, have had their say. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, hear from two fans of the respective clubs across the next half an hour or so to uh, to get a nice preview for this one and find out just how well their nerves are, are doing uh, what 48 hours or so before kickoff delighted to be joined by a Norwich fan part of Canary Cast as well Jacob Robinson and also Billy Grant of the Besotted Brentford podcast um gents thank you very much for joining me um Billy, I'm going to start with you, really, because I think it feels like, certainly from a Norwich perspective, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right, that maybe for this game, the onus does feel like, given the lead that Norwich have at the top of the Championship, that the onus is going to be on Brentford to come to Carrow, look to attack and, crucially, look to win. Yeah, I suppose it is. And listen, thanks for having us on as well, again, Connor and, and everyone out there. And, uh, and I know, you know, we're coming to the, the business end of the season, sort of kind of Brentford fans, Norwich fans, everybody out there. So it's uh, it's, it's probably a little bit nerve wracking, but it's, it's, we were talking about this because we had our, we, we recorded our podcast actually during your Wickham game yesterday. So it's Norwich versus Wickham. And we had it on the big screen there. And of course, we were hoping that Wickham would do the business, but they... Uh, <laughs> Uh, is asking a little bit too much. And we were chatting about this game and trying to work out how big a game it was. Um, and 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 in a really strange way, we're kind of like holding it down. I think that, you know, we know it's obviously a big game because if we get three points and you don't get three points, it puts us sort of kind of three points closer to you and you actually kind of dragged, clo- you know, closer to us and also everybody else. So in that respect, but on the other hand, also we we're thinking... To be quite honest with you, it's still 13 games to go. You know, the, the, the league is, you know, the top of the table is basically four teams at that top of that table. And if we, hypothetically, if we lost that game, it's still not all over because what we've seen is that this league, and you've seen it, is so bonkers, right? You know what I'm saying? It is so absolutely bonkers, you know? We could lose to you and then we could, you know, win the following game or whatever like that. You could lose to Sheffield Wednesday or whoever it may be, you know, and then all of a sudden it's all back up in the air. So it's kind of just not like the Premier League where you see, like, you know, Manchester City or whoever it is just go on and they win all these games and it's it's really boring. However, saying that, yes, of course, it's the onus for us to come and sort of win this game and do the business. And I think the way that Thomas Frank operates, what he normally does is he tries to go in, keep it steady, Eddie, try and keep it, you know, even Stevens as it is to at least half time, maybe even going a little bit further than half time so that we're still within the game and then we just step it up. That's kind of, that's just the way that we run it. So, so in a strange way, I think that, yes, we want to win, but I think that we'll be happy coming away with a point from this game 
knowing that anything can happen in the in the remaining 12 games of the season. Mm, that's that's really interesting what you what you've said there about the championship changing because uh, a few weeks ago Jacob Norwich lost to Swansea and it felt quite gloomy amongst Norwich City fans and and ever since then Norwich City haven't dropped a point they now find themselves in a, a really healthy position and and the table has turned again so I guess there's a possibility, and, and we speak about how crucial this game is. It's not a, a decisive, whoever wins is automatically getting promotion to the Premier League, right? But for Norwich, just to put this in context, if they did manage to win this game, I mean, they're already in a pretty healthy position. Ten points clear of third, seven points clear, of course, of Brentford going into this game. A win uh, to put themselves ten points clear of, of Brentford currently in second would be absolutely massive, wouldn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. I don't think it's a coincidence that since uh, that Swansea game, every point dear comes back from suspension. And, and then, like you say, we just kind of go back to normality, really start ticking over. It, you kind of simplify it as easily as he is the, the main difference in that team. Without him, we look like a very, very average championship side. With him in there, we look a lot more professional based. Ben Gibson as well coming back yesterday is a big deal for us, you know, kind of coming in from defence passing into the midfield helped a lot I think against Wickham especially in that second half yeah like you say against Brentford it's, it's a big one because in my eyes between it's probably them and Watford in terms of um, goals wise the biggest threat going forward I think Swansea whilst they have a brilliant defence just don't score enough as we saw against Bristol City side where they absolutely battered them just couldn't get over the line and when you're relying on that defence so much it, it's a tricky one but for me yeah it, it is a big game but you know I think Norwich they're looking at not really losing that game. But at the same time, probably Cardiff aside this season, we haven't looked convincing at all against the top six side. And maybe that will be a, a big push from Daniel Farr to say, look, let's kind of put our stamp on authority to show that we are the best side in this division. Mm, that's, yeah, a really interesting point you make there about Norwich's form against the top six sides. Maybe not being as good as, as you'd expect. But, Jacob, we've got five minutes in. You've, you mentioned Swansea. Look, we tell Billy we weren't going to do that before we start recording. Dangerous territory. Um, Billy, just, just to come to you then, and, and hopefully we can gloss past Swansea and move on pretty quickly. But um, we, we spoke about, and Jacob alluded to there, Norwich's little blip, if you want to call it that. Brentford yourselves had won fairly recently, three consecutive defeats. And yet, uh, like you said, I guess it feeds into what you said about the league being bonkers, but you're back up to second and, and things look fairly rosy again. How positive is it that Brentford have seemingly come through that little bit of a blip and, and remain where they are, especially after, I guess, last season? Yeah, obviously, it's really important that we've come through that blip. I mean, we it, tell you something, it's really weird about these blips because people get really sort of kind of hung up on 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 you know obviously it's very important but form and how teams are doing stuff so like say for example like you know we've gone on was it I can't remember 21 22 something like that games unbeaten and everyone's going oh my god it's unbelievable Brentford are 22 games unbeaten and the pressure's kind of on you every time you go into a game thinking god we've got we've got at least draw this one or else you know it's going to be disaster zone like you know so you've got this situation and all of a sudden you lose a game and people go, oh, Brentford, you lose two games. And people go, oh, Brentford, you lose three games. But if you'd lost those games in between that run or what's at the beginning and then you had that run, people wouldn't say anything. So I think it's, you've got to be a bit careful not getting sort of kind of too hung up about these things. As, as they sort of say, unless you're like a Superman team, you're not going to win every single game, you know. And, you know, more often than not, if you, if you lose a game, you might lose a couple of games. I think the, the thing to sort of kind of look into is that, 
Um, what kind of team are you? You know, good teams don't turn into bad teams overnight, not necessarily. Uh, and also, you know, you might have, you know, this m- might be situations. It might be you might be going through a few injuries. I mean, we've had, you know, quite a few injuries which have hit us recently. We've had quite a few players that hit us recently. We had a few players that have been out of form at the same time. You know, we've also, you know, you can't also knock the fact that teams are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday. And it really is taking a toll, you know, almost to the stage where, I mean, not be funny, like you said, me watching games. I mean, I had to check out who we were playing on Saturday because I've got no, I had no idea, right? Normally, I'd be like, you know, I've got the train tickets, you know, I'd know exactly where we're going, what's going on for the next three months, you know, but now it's, it's all blurring into one. So could you imagine what it's like for the players? You know, they're playing a the game, they come home, they go to bed, they get up again, they sort of walk, you know, chill out a little bit go to a little bit of training. So it must be really, really hard for them to keep focus. And fair play to Thomas Frank. You know, it got to about November and he said, oh, God, this is getting really hardcore. I'm going to have to start making some really tough decisions now. And basically what he meant is that he's going to have to be putting in players who are deemed as maybe not first stream, you know, part of the squad, squad players into the side against teams who you wouldn't expect those players to play against, especially if other players were not injured and these other players would be sitting on the bench. And, you know, some of the fans were going, oh, what are you doing? Why is he on the bench? Why isn't he playing? Oh, you've lost it. But it seems that at the moment now, it seems to have paid off because a lot of teams are now really struggling with the, you know, the fitness. I mean, I spoke to my Millwall mate the other day and he just said, we are absolutely beaten at the moment now. We're struggling. We we can't, you know, we, 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 we're, not, we're struggling to attack. We're struggling to be creative. And I think, you know, these last 13 games, it's going to be really interesting to see how it's panning out. Even, and I know I didn't really try to mention the name of the team at Swansea, okay, who uh, came down to Brentford. We went up to Swansea and they didn't play very much football at all. They just cheated and hacked us down and fell over and did all sorts of stuff when we played them, which is quite interesting. It's quite different to how they played against you, actually, because they, they didn't probably didn't do as much against that the, the you as they did against us. But they, they really did play a, an interesting game because they just let us come at them. They let us come at them and they let us come at them and uh, they just didn't even bother trying to attack and they hacked us down and then they just picked up free kicks and tried to lob it into the area. And that was their tactic for us, which, to be fair, everyone's got their different style of playing. But, you know, it didn't go down particularly well in TWA. But I'm mentioning them because just, just looking at, you know, what their fans are talking about, I think they're saying that even they are struggling a little bit with tiredness and and the rotation and they're not quite sure you know how long their uh, our players are going to sort of kind of sort of going to last out to, to the end of the season because you know I can understand you know as a as a manager you want to keep your best team in the whole time and you can imagine you know you know are you you know you've got low and all that lot have been out there for the whole season and they said they're just looking tired so we'll see what it's going to be like over the next you know 13 games which teams are going to really benefit. I think, you know, teams like you, you know, you've got, you've got some money, you've got some, some parachute money, you know, you've been able to play your players from the Premier League and keep most of them in your side and you've got a decently large squad out there. So I think that, you know, you're going to be able to get the road, should be able to get the rotation right because you've got a, a bigger squad. We haven't got that bigger squad, 
but we've managed to get the rotation going right by keeping a bit of a balance with you know the the the, the first string players and bringing in a few sort of kind of B team players, but mixing them up and playing them the right way. So it's kind of worked for us so far. And obviously Watford as well, you know, they've got a lot of money, and technically they should also get the rotation going right. And the fact that they've actually taken, you know, taken out the forwards that they sort of stuck with. For most of the season, they look like they're actually kind of being forced to take them out now. It actually might have done them a bit of a favour with their new manager. So I think between the three of us, with Swansea possibly dipping in there, we'll see how that rotation thing works for all of us. It's it's interesting you mention rotation, and I'll bring Jacob in on this, because one thing that Daniel Farker does like is continuity and consistency in his starting 11s. And um, I, I think we've seen that in recent weeks where perhaps he could have made free. I mean, people were looking at Sunday against Wickham saying, well, there's an opportunity maybe to give someone like Kieran Dow some first team football or someone who's on the periphery of the squad a little bit at the moment. And yet he didn't. He made two changes. It was obviously Hernandez and, and Gibson coming back into the back four. And, and, and that was it. So, this is a bit of a conundrum for Daniel Farker because, as Billy rightly says, Sunday, Wednesday, it's a short turnaround. There are going to be some players who are probably feeling it. How important is it that he does strike that balance in the first team that, that Billy spoke about in terms of freshness, but also making sure you have enough quality to win football matches? We had this debate, um, funnily enough, on the live stream yesterday in terms of maybe not changes from the start, but when you're winning a game, maybe substitutions freshen up because that's what I think has been an issue recently in terms of Norwich have professionally done a job because, you know, we have got better players than majority of the teams in this league. But we have looked leggy at times. You know, Max Aarons has played every game, so has Ollie Skiff, and they've done tremendously well to not really let it affect them. Like They are on a different level, really, those two. But no, you're spot on. I think in terms of rotation, yeah, Daniel Farkas is not a massive fan. Two years ago, he kind of praised our fitness work, which we scored so many late goals from. Chris Domagal has done a magnificent job. In the Premier League last year, I, I think we were probably were evened up in terms of just how big a jump that is. But coming back down again, I think we look a lot fitter than other teams. That's probably because we've got the ball a lot more. But no, it is a big part. But at the minute, I think we're probably lacking in a couple of areas, which is why Mario Vrancic still plays at number 10. You know, Marco Stiefman has been in and out of the side with virus. Kieran Dow's not really fitted in. So there are kind of a couple of square pegs in round holes. But no, for the rest of the season, I, I do back us to be able to stay fit enough and kind of triumph in games. You mentioned substitutions there. I'm hoping we don't see uh, any more Gareth Ainsworth five uh, substitutes in four <laughs> minutes, which it was yesterday, which was quite something. I could have gone and put the kettle on and made a cup of tea if they'd give us advance warning, but there you go. It wasn't the case. And it did work for them, in fairness, didn't it? Um, Jacob, just in terms of that win yesterday, for all the talk, and I feel like every one of these we've done this season, we've spoken about Emmy Buendia, about something, uh, about his quality, about him staying, about him leaving earlier on in the season. Um but, but today I want to focus on Timu Puki because, as Daniel Farker says, he's, he scored, what, five goals now in, in, in as many games, just, just about. I, I might be slightly wrong on the numbers there, but he's a man bang in form. And it, it's funny, isn't it, as a striker, when you're in form, you can have a shot like he did on Sunday where it deflects off a defender and goes in, whereas perhaps a month or so ago, he'd probably be looking at that shot and questioning why it hasn't hit the back of the net. It's, it's amazing what a, a few weeks can do, but... He looks re-energised, he looks recharged and he looks ready to lead Norwich, uh, hopefully, back into the Premier League. Yeah, I think, what, uh, 18 goals from 28 games? You, you look at that from an outsider and go, yeah, again, he's had an incredible run. You know, 29 goals the first time in the Championship. Um, I, I think, it like you said, it, it took him a little while to get into this season. Didn't it? The, the disappointment of last year, I think, mentally, physically, he looked exhausted. 
but yeah, he, he seems a lot more refreshed. And like you say, he's got the luck, but it's, it's the hunger's back from him. You know, the, the pressing is there, and he's he's so key to that. When you take him out of the side, it's it's unique, and his movement. I don't, I know Ivan Tony. I'm sure Sky will dub it up, and we'll talk about him shortly as well. But Timu Puki's movement at this level is is unrivaled. It's Premier League class, and like you say, he, he's just so important. Hopefully, he can he can keep banging the goals and get you know around 25 for the season. And again, he's had a, an incredible campaign. Like you say, Emmy's the the key man, but when it comes to finishing chances, there's no one better than Timo Puki. No, absolutely not. And it's um, it's it's been really good to see him back in full form. He's uh, obviously moved into the top 15 all-time Norwich City goalscorers now, which is quite a remarkable feat in, what, two and a bit years that he's been at the club. Absolutely remarkable. From one goal scorer, then Billy Jacobs teed it up nicely. Ivan Tony, I guess it's the, the Brentford man that you've probably discussed a, a lot about this season. Just Just how good is he? Um, at, at this level. I mean, we spoke about Timu Puki there and, and how good a season he's had. Ivan Tony is, is is down the track in terms of goals from 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 Timu. And I might throw the question uh, over who you'd prefer um, to both of you in a moment. But but just talk to us a little bit about Ivan Tony and, and how how good a signing, I guess, he's turned out to be for you guys after losing Ollie Watkins. He's absolutely brilliant. Great player he is. If you check out, if everyone just wants to check out, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. It's our podcast, which is on Pride of West dot london as well and like i said to you we talk about the game at the weekend we've got a we've got a little sort of stats guy as well which we use which sort of kind of we, we actually wheeled him in for the full podcast this time we normally have him in a cupboard somewhere and he sort of kind of gets all these <laughs> figures and he sort of kind of like you know he sort of, sort of gets out his abacus and sends us over these stats figures and we sort of read them out for a, a minute and then he's sort of wheeling back in well we actually wheeled him out for the whole podcast which was good time and then we actually got one of our guys who normally does the podcast who actually hates stats and what we do is a bit of a joke we actually get him to actually read the stats for the stats guy instead so it's like you've got to be there anyway so anyway but it's definitely worth checking out pride of west.london the besotted uh, podcast this week and we talk a lot about that we've also got die from proud canaries as well who does the um the, the preview the the norwich game preview as well so she's very enthusiastic about you guys as well which is good so it gives a nice little balance on that and we talked about ivan tony and ivan tony is now on 25 goals i believe it is so he's got the same total as Ollie Watkins got last season for the whole of the season, and that's still with 14 games to go. Um, I think he's lined up to be our our biggest or, you know, the, 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 the person who scored the most goal for us ever, our record striker, as far as I know. Again, we've got another guy who's our facts and funk guy, as we call it, JB, and he rolls them all out as well. But I believe that, yeah, um, Ivan Tony is, is going to be our record scorer as well. We had... Um, and another record score is we, there's a first season in a row that we've had uh, a, a striker score 25 or more goals. I know, which is quite amazing for us as well. And every time they've done that, then they've left and gone somewhere else, gone somewhere else, which isn't a great sign for Ivan Tony as well. So we've done that as well. But other than that, the other record score is back in 1934 or something like that. But like I said to you, check out the podcast, Pride of West.London. It's definitely worth a check out. But Ivan Tony. He was brilliant. And like I said, he was meant to actually come to us last season. We actually bid for him, Peterborough, last uh, December, we, oh, last January. He was meant to come in the January window. We weren't going to sell Ollie Watkins. We we're going to have Ollie Watkins and Ivan Tony in our side. So that would have been interesting, whether or not he would have been coming off the bench or whether or not he would have gone up front and, and, and or Ollie Watkins would have gone back out on the wing. I'm not quite sure how they worked that, but that was meant to be the case. Um, Peterborough, you know, they were kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, a lot of money. I think it's about 10 mil or something like that. But then obviously they wanted us to 
sell him back or, or give him back to them on loan so that they can continue with him for their uh, promotion run that season. And then, then we can have him in the summer. But obviously we didn't want that. And apparently one of the bosses actually said to them, but you've only got 10% chance of promotion. Why would you want to do that? And uh, it didn't it didn't go down particularly well with uh, Darren McAntony. If anyone knows Darren McAntony, he was uh, very, very not happy with that response. So he decided to say no. So anyway, so Ivan Tony's now come this, uh, he's come to us this summer. Ollie Watkins has gone off and he's brilliant because what tell you what he is. He's like, he's your typical striker. When I say typical, he's the one who knows where the back of the net is. You know, he's, if the ball's into the box, you know, you whip the ball into the box and Ivan Tony will be there. He knows how to manipulate the players around him, then get the ball and just knock it into the back of the net. We noticed that when he was out for a couple of games. He was out for a couple of games a couple of weeks ago and we had our other striker, Armed Force, who's a great striker, but it was just we were just doing a couple of these moves where they were whipping the ball into the area and Force didn't quite get there. But Ivan Tony be the type of player who just nip in and just whack that in the back of the net. But he's not only brilliant because he does that, because everyone thinks all he does is scores goals. But if you look at him, next minute he's on the wing and he's basically teeing other players up and teeing goals up for other players. And then next minute you look at him, he's back in defence and you're thinking, what's he, what's he doing back there? And he's like, basically, he's this all-round player where he's defending, he's setting it up, he, you know, he's he's brilliant, you know. So, um, he, he, listen, you know, he scored 25 goals for us. And, you know, obviously, if he wasn't playing, we'll miss him. Again, another thing that you've got to remember is like people say, if you haven't got that striker, then, you know, it's all over for you. But you remember, that, well, if you take somebody out of the team, you've got to put somebody else in the team as well. And it doesn't mean that person you put in the team is going to be rubbish. Um, but obviously, he's a very, very good striker. And, and he's the type of player that we definitely need in the side. And, and it, I, I, you know, I've, I've got to tip me out to Brentford. To be fair to them, if there's one position that they just have seemed to have got spot on. Every year we've been in the championship from day one, from Andre Gray, you know, and then after that is Scott Hogan, then after that is Lasse Vibe, then after that is Neil Malpay, then after that is Ollie Watkins, and now we've got Ivan Tony, and they just, they seem to get, they just, they've just nailed it every time. And they just keep saying to us, don't worry, if we sell them, we'll just get another one who's even better. We're just like, yeah, right. But, um, you know, listen, fair fair play to them. Like, I mean, I wouldn't, love to, I wouldn't like to do that job because I think the pressure would be too much to just kind of improve what you've done before because it's just, it's just incredible. And um, listen, it's only 13 games left to go. I keep on saying this 13 games left to go, but it's, it's not that long. You know, it's not that long. So if we can keep him fit, because it's all about keeping players fit, and it's keeping them, you know, keeping them on the boil, then, you know, it's going to be a very exciting end. But we're very lucky to have Ivan Tony as, as a Brentford fan who I've seen some, I've seen some terrible players in my time at Brentford. <laughs> Honestly, I've seen some, I've seen some, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, the, the Terry Butcher days, mate. I mean, you ask any Brentford fan about them and they'll look at you just like their glazed eyes, like, you know, oh, sorry, my brain was removed from that area because it was so bad. I really don't remember it at all. So, uh, no, honestly, we've seen some terrible football. So we've been very lucky to have been blessed by seeing some great football and having some great players at the moment now. And just fingers crossed we can actually finish it off for once because we just never finish it off. Mm, that's that's the key, isn't it? It's, it's finally getting yourselves over the line. But uh, as Norwich know that... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That can be the difficult bit. Um, Jacob, in, in terms of Norwich City, and um, I, I was going to ask you, each which strike you prefer, but then I thought you're just going to say the one that's at your respective <laughs> club. So, uh, so I think we'll, we'll we'll skip that. I think you've both made a compelling case, given that Jacob spoke about Pookie, and we'll we'll let the viewers decide perhaps who they'd want on their side. Um, but uh, it, two very very talented strikers. I'm looking forward to watching them both. Um, Jacob, in, in terms of how Daniel Farker approaches this game, we we spoke right at the top of the show whether the onus was on Brentford and perhaps how significant it would be for Norwich City to win, even though maybe a draw probably for both sides wouldn't be the worst result, to be honest. It would kind of keep the, the status quo. If you're Daniel Farker, how do you go about approaching this one? Do you do, do you stick, I guess, or, or, or do you twist? It's a tricky one. I think it'll be similar to the, the first game where it was kind of Brentford came out very well and I thought we eventually kind of grinded out in that second half, you know, a bit of a pot shot, Kenny McLean, still don't know how he's been. Uh, given that goal for the season. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be a tricky one. It's it's going to be a lot more even, isn't it? You know, Daniel Farker, in terms of possession, we normally boss it. I think it'll be, Brentford will, like Billy was saying, be a little bit more solid away from home. I know obviously there's no fans, but different pitch and all that sort of thing. Norwich will be probably in the ascendancy a little bit more to start off with. It's just being careful and cautious, really. It'll be interesting, actually, to see how Thomas Frank deals with Timo Pukki. He was obviously his manager at Bromby, wasn't he? Which is... It's interesting with Pookie in such good form, you know, obviously Brentford have a good back line whilst they've had injuries. It's well known that obviously very solid there now, obviously last year and this year has been a bit better. Um, it's a tricky one. I think you've just got, like you say, continue of consistency. Whilst we're saying, we're saying about squad rotation, you've got to play the players in form. I think the only one you question really is if Mario Vrancic stays in the side whilst he's played well. Number 10 is not his position and we, we are lacking someone in that little um, area to be able to beat a man and then be able to play Pookie in directly like Stiefman did two years ago. But everywhere else on the pitch, I think everyone's flying. I think O'Neill did well again for his first start um, on, on the Saturday, Sunday. I will probably play him again if he's been all right from the dead leg, if Todd Cantwell can't um, play. But all in all, I'd stay consistent, keep the same team. You've, you've preempted my next question, which was going to be, would you keep Hernandez back in the side, providing that obviously Campwell's um, going to be out and it looks like he is. I think Daniel Farker said after the game, less than 50% chance for him, which is a, obviously a massive blow given the positive form he's been in. So, But you, you would stick with Hernandez. You wouldn't be tempted to throw in Shemi Pachetta or, or even Kieran Dowell in that position, maybe that's, that's been floated around by some people. I just think O'Neill offers a nice kind of alternative to the likes of Buendia drifting in, whereas O'Neill, who's very direct and really had Jack Grimmer on, on kind of strings on Sunday, whilst it's a completely different level against Brentford, of course. I think I think he's the one, you know, he knows this league as well with Plaheta. He's been rested, I think, at the right time. I've seen, obviously, articles from yourself saying he's uh, Plaheta's agent and himself was saying that, that he probably needs a bit of a rest. I think he's probably better as a bit of an impact sub and uh, kind of, Back, uh, with his back behind the goal and he's not really trusted, is he? I don't think he's fully at the Daniel Farker system just yet, but he is a threat off the bench. So, no, for me, it has to be O'Neill. Probably Mario, if, like you say, Todd's probably not going to be able to be fit. And then, um, obviously, the main man on the right wing. Interesting stuff. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for Buendia. Obviously, um, Billy Rico Henry is is out, which is uh, quite a big loss for, for you guys. So you, you can touch, of course, touch upon that in, in your next answer. But in, in terms of Thomas Frank and, and approach, how, how do you think he, he sets Brentford up? You said that maybe he'll, he'll look to keep Brentford in it for large portions of the game. 
at what point do you feel like he will go for it? You know, that old football expression of going for it. Do you, do you think there will come a point at Carrow Road where Thomas Frank decides to, to do that and really chase the game and chase that win? Yeah, I mean, he will do actually. Just quickly coming back to your point, Jacob, as well, you're talking about um, um, uh, Timo Puki and on Thomas Frank at Bromby. I don't know if I told this story before, but just quickly, I, I, I went over to I just went over to Denmark with my son a couple of a few years ago, just for a weekend or a week actually, because he when well, he just needed to get away. And we ended up we found out that Michelin, which is the team that Brentford owner uh, Matthew Benham owns, was actually playing in in uh, Copenhagen that, that week. So we ended up they ended up sorting us out some tickets. I went down there and they happened to be playing. Bronby at the time, which is quite funny. They lost in the end, but they ended up playing Bronby and got turned up there. All the Michelin fans were really great, come up to us and gave us a scarf and just really lovely and really friendly. But anyway, what I didn't know until I picked up a program a, a few months ago and I looked at the program that I had, it said that the striker that they had at the time was Timo Puki and the manager at the time was Thomas Frank. And at the time, obviously, I had no idea who Thomas Frank was, and I had no idea who Timo Pruki was as well. So it's like really weird how the kind of everything, all the sort of kind of all the everything is just sort of merged together at the sort of same time. But um, you know, just coming back to this game and how Thomas is going to deal with it, we're obviously we're very nervous because um Rico Henry is he's a he's a massive player for us. He's really crucial the way that we play. He, you know, the attacking wing backs that, that we do, which just kind of like, you know, which kind of just confuses people the way that we have the, all these players just coming out of, you know, out of defence and just sort of passing and running, just probably quite similar to what you guys do. And obviously with Rico out now, that's actually affected that um, somewhat. So we've had to compensate. Um, so, you know, what we've done is we've moved our team around a bit. But what's quite interesting about it is that we've probably moved the team around a little bit, which... Um, has forced a few changes, which he probably wouldn't have done if Rico was there. But it may actually kind of benefit us because what we've got is, for a start, we've got um, uh, Winston Reid, the, the old West Ham striker who is over at uh, Kansas City in the MLS. So we bought him in as a bit of cover, because he, but he was cover for Pontus Janssen, who's not out, he's not back till after the international window. So we thought, let's have him just in case anyone gets injured and, you know, we might bring him on. But all of a sudden, like, you know, we've had to bring Reedy in because we've had to slip one of our centre-backs in onto to left-back. Now, Reed played, he's played a couple of games so far and he's looked just quality. You know, he's he's really dependable. We've had a, a real problem recently, just a few issues in defensive, you know, a few defensive issues, which has seen us not being as solid as we have been for previous in the season. So seeing how Reedy has just come in and he's kind of really sort of calmed a lot of things down, put his head to the ball, you know, cushioned headers, cushioned passes, stuff. So all of a sudden, I, I mean, I can't tell you this for definite, you know, but Things have changed at the back there. So as Brentford fans, we don't quite know how it's going to go because obviously you've got, you know, you've got different players, you've got fast players, you might be running at them. You, you know, um, Norwich are very different to Sheffield Wednesday and, you know, and, and Stoke City, you know, very different. So it may be completely like, oh no, this is a disaster. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the defence holds out. But I, I'm, from what I saw the last couple of games, I'm sort of feeling quietly confident that we've got sort of a kind of a, a few steady pair of hands at the back there. And, and you know, just coming back to your question is, to, is he going to go for it? You know, like I said to you, we always switch up 60 or 70 minutes. We'll, you know, if the game is going right, 
we'll switch it up. By saying that, we've also had a really bad habit of letting in goals, you know, within a minute or two. Normally, we get our goalkeeper to sort of get the ball and just throw it to the opposition, and then they put it in the back of the net, and then we go, "Oh no, we're one 0 down. What do we do now?" So uh, hopefully, we're not going to go into the, the, the into the serial. Brentford giving the ball and giving the goal to the opposition thing that we've done. Um, we've we've been one nil down in six of the last nine games. We've actually come back from one nil down to to win the match. As I, I believe again, our, if you check out PrideOfWest.London, that's a JB, our statistician. He came up one of those ones as well, which is quite good. So fingers crossed we we don't do that to Norwich because I think that it could be a little bit disastrous if we do that so I'll be very happy if we're nil all at half time I'll be very happy if we're nil all at 70 minutes I'll be very happy if we were nil all at 89 minutes and then all of a sudden Ivan Tony popped up in 90 plus two and put the ball in the back of the net that'll do me thank you very much <laughs> Jacob I, I would assume that, that you you wish for a very different uh, situation than, than what Pilly has mapped out there but how do you see how do you see this game panning out for Norwich? How do you see Daniel Farquhar uh, approaching it? Are you expecting, I guess, similarly to maybe what Billy is expecting from Brentford, a, a very cautious opening 60 minutes or so from, from Norwich City? I think the first goal is massive, isn't it? Like like um, Billy was saying, I've seen a couple of times David Raya has just given the goal away for Brentford. And obviously, if we do that, we did really well when we won it up, you know. I think it's, it's, it's going to be very similar to the Swansea game uh, in terms of just being very tight. And obviously, we made a couple of errors in that game and lose 2-0. For me, whilst I was saying earlier in the in the video, we we really do try to put some authority against these top six teams, really, because we haven't done that at all yet this season. And they have all been very narrow. and We haven't really looked like scoring against too many of them, probably Cardiff aside. But no, I think it will be a really tight game. It's one of those that Norwich don't really need to win to be honest with with the points gap I think if you keep that at seven then you're a lot happier than kind of putting it down to four and then with Swansea as well if you, you're narrowing up the, the table when you don't really need to for me I think Daniel Farker looks at this and says let's keep it tight as, as well as we can let's not give away any silly errors like we did against Swansea then try and nick one interesting I've got, go on, I've, go I've on, just got a little I've got a little theory for you sorry for interrupt but I think it's you know maybe just to make you feel a little bit more comfortable if you think about it if you just give us the three points and we, and we win this game, then we sort of kind of, we increase the gap between everyone else. And then you guys, you know, you can relax because like, we'll be, we'll be right in there. So you don't have to worry about it too much because yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of thinking that maybe it might be a theory where Daniel Farker might just, uh, he might have to employ, you know, we'll be very happy with that one as well. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you sell it to him, Billy. I'll let you sell it to him. <laughs> Jacob, go on then. Give us your, give us your score prediction for this one. Oh, it's going to be, like I say, I think it'll be tight. I'm going to go sit on the fence and go 1-1, but I'd love to see us really kind of try and dominate this game. And with Brentford, obviously, have been injuries. Like I say, Rico Henry's out, so probably a little bit more defensive with Sorensen left back. I'd say we, we kind of really push on and try and, yeah, make, make it our own. Make it a reason why we are top of the league and whilst we want to go up and kind of be champions. I think this is the game really to, to show that. But yeah, for me, it'll be 1-1, very tight and we'll take a draw. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it'll be one-one, Billy. Let's let's come to you. How do you see this game going? I know you've mapped you've mapped out your perfect scenario. <laughs> what, what, what do you think will happen? I just well, just to say as well, I'm really delighted. Not only I'm delighted, but all the Bees fans are also really delighted that um, um, Christian Norgard is back. He came back last game. He's been out for pretty much the whole of the season, and he's basically a player who, in effect, we kind of we 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 were, we were going to build our team around him. He's such a brilliant, you know, CDM. 
And he's fantastic CDM, but he's also got great passing ability. He's been out for most of the season. And that's what scuppered us a lot. You know, we were actually, you know, people forget we were, we were down in 18th place, I think it was, back in October. You know, we, had, we didn't have a greatest start. And we were trying to basically sort out how we're going to sort ourselves out, um, how we're going to sort ourselves out, you know, with, with that defensive midfield uh, position. You know, and eventually Janelt came in and he's been absolutely brilliant. But it took us quite a fair few games to try and work out when, when Norgard got injured because it really did scupper us. So the fact that he's back, and I don't know whether or not he's going to start or not, I, I think he probably won't do, but he might come on at some stage. Honestly, he is one hell of a player and he really can change the game. So bearing that in mind, I'm still going to stick to my my 1-0. I think, you know, uh, Ivan Tony in the 90 plus second minute is going to be what's going to happen. And we're going to nick a win against you. And then we'll be there up front and we'll just leave all the rest of them long behind us. Actually, I'm only saying, I'm only saying that as a bit of a laugh because, you know, listen, you know, it's lockdown now. And listen, we just got to make ourselves all jolly. And, you know, football makes me happy. So, you know, if you can't hope for what you want for them, what else can you hope for, eh? Well, exactly, Billy. Exactly. Absolutely spot on. Jen, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. Really good half an hour chat. Hopefully you all enjoyed it as well. Of course, check the guys out. Uh, check Jacob at CanaryCast out, Billy, as well, and, and the Besotted Brentford podcast. They do some uh, they do some good stuff on both of those channels. So well, I've checking out. We'll leave all the descri- all the uh, all the links and, and relevant information in our description as always. I hope you're all staying safe. Another game, I wouldn't blame, as Billy said, anyone for suffering for football fatigue at the moment. There's so much of it. It feels like we're constantly, I don't know if, uh, if you guys have seen that Mitchell and Webb sketch where it's just uh, where it's just football, football. That's kind <laughs> of uh, what it feels like we're, we're living in at the moment. But like you say, it keeps us distracted at what is a very difficult time. Thank you very much for watching. Of course, we'll be at Carrow Road, Pinkin.com, the place to go for all of the coverage, all of the analysis, all of the reaction as per usual. Thank you very much for watching. See you soon. Thank you very much, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.